Welcome to My Beauty Fuel Food by JJ, a yoga and wellness expert from New York living in Paris. JJ seeks out creatives and entrepreneurs who exemplify a vision of how to live a good life. Welcome to our very high vibrational lifestyle. Today with Claire Andre Rich, who is a Swede in Paris and a naturopath. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm good. The sun is shining. Yes, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about your past in terms of your healthy lifestyle. Has this always been a part of your life? Pretty much, yeah, always. I grew up in Sweden. Uh, my grandparents were vegetarians already back, oh, wow. back in the day, so they were kind of freaks. <laughs> like that never, we, we didn't see that, basically. Did you know why? Uh, yeah, it started because of a health problem um, on my grandfather's side. And then, well, his wife, my, my grandma, just followed, you know, because she, she was inspired and she loved animals. So that was also important for her. But And they thrived like that. They were really happy being vegetarians, um, despite all the judgment from other people, you know. So uh, I, I was really admirative of, of that, you know. Um, and then, well, they were really nature people. They took me out in the woods. We were, you know, going out to, to get our, I don't know, fruits and veggies in the countryside. And, and I loved that. And then my father was a um, health practitioner. He was doing a lot of um, stress release pract uh, practices with his clients. Oh, wow. uh, hypnosis, all of those things, and really got me into it, like, early. Um, it must have been an early period for this kind of research and this kind of sure, use. Sure, sure, yeah. He was a, he was a particular guy, I'd say. He he uh, he was um, he was so old actually when he got me. Uh, he was fifty seven. Wow. And he from he was from Vienna, and so he had uh, lived through the Second World War and had like. I think that it just impacted him in such a profound way, like seeing people um, struggling, first of all, obviously, in on all levels, um, but the, the way they could, you know, sort of get back to life, you know, the, the self-healing power of the body and really um, got me into that belief very early. Uh, he was not about medication. He was about, you know, natural healing and trusting your body, trusting uh, your feelings, trusting how you, you know, interpret different body signals, basically. So, obviously, huge inspiration for what I'm doing now. Of course. But um, at the time, not at all. You know, I think that most kids are really a little bit It was you know, kind of rebellious. like you planted a seed and exactly. then grew later. Exactly. I didn't want to hear about it then, back then, so much. Sometimes, but now it's like, wow, I really realized that it was... It was the start, for sure. So I know that you also um, had a career path initially in the fashion industry, and that yeah. you came to Paris to study fashion. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about this period of time in your life, and what inspired you to be in fashion and maybe not sure. yet in the health-related yeah. industry? Well, that was um, a detour. Uh, it was very important for me, I think, to do that. I'm, I'm a very creative person. I need to create, being like, you know, creative state to, to thrive and to, to feel good about myself and, you know, everyday life. So fashion was, it was the first creative thing, sort of, that attracted me. I loved, you know, working with fabrics and textures and colors and, and the beauty of fashion, you know, that was for sure. 
something that was very attractive to me. But um, I, you know, I tried it out for a few years. I worked for different big houses. I did styling. I was in press. So I really tried it out. But it was just not my thing, you know. I realized more and more that I, uh, I, I wasn't on the wrong path, sort of. You know, even though I was learning a lot, I met wonderful people also, you know. Uh, so I don't regret anything, like, for those years. I stayed almost eight years in fashion. Um, so what were the feelings that you were feeling at the moment that you were saying to yourself, maybe this is not the right path for me? What kind of signals were you getting? Were you getting body signals? What was going on? For sure. Yeah, going back to body signals, that was um, clearly the thing. I was starting to get more and more stressed, having stressed out symptoms like big fatigue, nervous fatigue. Uh, I started also developing, after a few years, uh, hypothyroidine. Uh, I don't know if that's the name in English. Your, your thyroid was... Overacting uh, too much? No, the, the opposite. opposite. Exactly. Not producing enough of thyroid hormones. Um, so, uh, in French, that's hypothyroidie. Um, anyway, so that was clearly a sign that, you know, I was just not living my life as I should. I was not respecting my body. I was stressed out. I didn't feel good about it. I felt that it was really the wrong thing for me, you know, with this rhythm, with... I actually longed to just feel more sense in my life every day. I needed to have that, you know, inspiration every morning getting up. And uh, and I did clearly not get that from fashion, so. What was the big step, the big push for you to change your life? Uh, big push. It came, um, it came, you know, uh, creeping up on me slowly, uh, I think. And then... Uh, when I realized I wanted a family, actually, I wanted to have a family, okay. I wanted to have kids, I got pregnant, and I was like, this is the moment. <laughs> I think that's the case for a lot of people, that you just uh, realize that what kind of parents do I want to be, how do I want to feel with my, my child, and you know, uh, and I, I was observing people around me in fashion trying to deal with family life and their work and it seemed so crazy to me yeah like a lot of them did not see their children actually so much and i didn't want to be in that no i can kind of state, so. share the same uh feeling i mean i don't have any kids but um seeing co-workers when i worked in fashion how yeah. they dealt with their children it wasn't necessarily a negative way but it was more so they would stay really late hours at the office almost every day. And sure. that just seems, you know, it's a different way of raising children. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you can do that, I think, if you really, really love what you do. Yeah. I did not. So that was, didn't make any sense. Yeah. Whereas today I am working with something that just fills me with joy, purpose and everything. So even though I have periods where I do work like crazy... It's that purpose, you know, uh, that that makes it work. And I can be more flexible also with this. I mean, I work for myself, so obviously still having a kid, I can choose my hours in another way. I can, you know, arrange things around. So, What brought you to study uh, naturopathic? 
studies. So, because, uh, well, again, about this self-healing powers, I think, I really believe in what nature can, uh, you know, the power of nature, basically. Uh, I'm not a believer at all in allopathic medicine. Uh, to a certain extent, of course, you know, there, there are moments, there are um, situations where you, you need it, where you can really uh, benefit from it. But I think that in the end, the most important thing is to support your everyday health, you know, um, well, every day. That's like um, the most important thing and that you will do by respecting its biological, physiological needs. And we do that with natural methods. Um, and since I always, you know, I practiced uh, breath work and all of that, um, Meditation also, we started pretty early with my father uh, and that's part of it, that's part of the healing process. We need to, you know, calm the nervous system, we need to find a way to deal with stress, relieve stress every day, um, it's an energetic work also. And all of these natural techniques um, uh, is part of the naturopathic uh, medicine. Uh, foods, of course, that's like also a big focus in my practice. Um, and, uh, and I love working with the synergy because I really believe in the power of the synergy. Working with, you know, how you nourish your body on all levels. It's the foods, it's how you sleep, it's how you uh, move your body, it's what you think. It's all of those things together. That made sense. What came first? Um, I know you also studied yoga and you're a yoga teacher as well. Mm -hmm. um, what was the sequence of events? Uh, well, I started uh, to, I practiced for myself already. I've been practicing yoga for 14 years. So that was already on my, you know, in my life. Um, I was... Uh, uh, I was being, uh, you know, s sort of like a counselor, food and nutrition counselor for my friends um, during my fashion years also. So it's just a natural thing. I started. But then, yes, when I knew that I was pregnant, I immediately started to, to train. Like I, I had different trainings for that. And uh, so during pregnancy, after pregnancy, I was, you know, full on 200 percent like studying um, so yeah, um, yoga and naturopathic uh, studies in parallel, actually. Okay. And I mean, I, I keep doing it because it's just never a never-ending thing. So yeah. The so practice continues. The practice continues. So for people that want to make this big change, for someone who is in a space where they're not happy in their job, they don't feel like it's the right place for them, mm. what would be your advice um, for somebody who wants to make this change? Because it's a big deal. It is a big deal. But, um, you know, if you have your why, if you feel with your entire being that it's not, that you're not in the right, right place and that you are just convinced that you do want to uh, change, I think that you have to make a plan, basically. How can I do something every day to change what I'm doing right now? You know, set the goal and you go towards that goal, even if it's baby steps every day, but you work towards that. And already that will be a relief for you, actually, knowing that you're going somewhere uh, where you're meant to be, where you feel you're meant to be, uh, where you want to go, where your dreams, you know, can, can unfold, all of that. 
Um, so yeah, that's an important thing. And then obviously, uh, I think it's important to get support. We are not here on a lonely journey. We are also here to, you know, to get support and share. So all of those ideas that you have for your life, share it and get support because that will help you move forward very like more efficiently and with more joy. (laughs) So completely, completely. I, I, I think that that's one thing, um, that is difficult in our society is that we keep a lot of things to ourselves and sharing them is is so important in order to move forward. It's such a burden to keep things for yourself and you have a tendency then to to make it so much bigger than it is also. And maybe you have blockages, barriers in your mind that are not really blockages, you know. Yeah. You you just make them blockages, but then it it helps, um, helps to talk about it. I mean that will that will take a lot of weight off your shoulders. I know we were speaking before also about you know kind of being an emotional sponge and that we both kind of are. Yeah. Um, if somebody is feeling sad near us or we see something happen that it's quite difficult to take yourself out of the picture. Um, you work with clients that I'm sure go through some very hard things. You're trying yeah. to help them. Mm-hmm. What do you do to try to take yourself out and just be their consultant, someone there helping yeah. them? Yeah. Uh, well, that's about practice because as I've shared with you also, I've been really, it was necessary to do a personal work regarding this emotional sponge thing because I'm very empathetic when I'm with people. I, I take everything in. Like I feel so much for people that in the beginning I, I had a hard time not crying when people were crying with me, you know, so... Um, it's a personal practice and it starts with presence like you're present with the moment I can I've learned to be just focused on the other person not like um, you know uh, taking notice about um, you know of my own feelings when I'm with that person and just focusing on what I can give them like that's basically it I think I've learned to shut down for a certain amount of time then when I'm with them in consultation I'm 100% with them and my feelings can you know it can can wait a little bit I can I can release afterwards I do my meditation or you know process it afterwards but when I'm with them the most important thing is that I can be there for them and help and listen and so yeah that's the the process yeah I can understand it kind of comes as a part of the job in a certain way. It depends sure. on every we're all made up we have a different emotional makeup and yeah. I imagine it's pretty natural that somebody who is working in the industry that you are is also quite sensitive. Yeah. I'm sure there's all types, but um it's definitely something for sure that is probably pretty present. Sure. Um I would also like to touch on, you know, just the doubts or maybe um, negative feelings that you had going into this. I mean, you really completely changed gears, pitched gears. You had personal changes in your life. Mm. Um, how do you remain calm and the most stress-free? You know, being stress-free mm, is very difficult. Yeah, that's an everyday, you know, challenge. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a never-ending work on you know on that level too you have to i mean what's been working for me is just consistency with my personal practice basically that's the thing um i mean stress relief uh comes from uh getting present with yourself getting present in life like not 
getting um, too reactive about things all the time. That comes from uh, this work with, of presence, you know, because you can pause if something happens, you can pause mentally and just make a choice instead of reacting to it. And that you can really, really uh, train by, you know, doing different exercises, uh, relaxation, meditation, breath work, uh, getting more aware, you know, about how you react, um, being attentive, like all the time. Uh, that really helps. Um, what has been a huge, huge thing for me is to really stick with a daily practice uh, in the morning. Uh, I love to, to meditate because then it's also like about, you know, I know that I'm showing up for myself and I know that I have that space and it kind of, you know, prepares me for the day. I know that I'm a different person. If I don't do it, uh, I can feel the difference. You know, if, if I skip a few days for a reason, uh, I'm just... Uh, my mind is just not working in the same way. It's kind of spectacular when you start noticing, you know, how, how that works. But um, so now I really try to stick to it because I just feel so much better when I do. And uh, I do it as a gift to myself. Like, and I want to be more performant in my work. I want to be, you know, better with people, around yeah. people. I want to be better with my son, like with my relationships, all, you know, personal and, and professional and everything. And so it's just, you know, in the end, we make choices all the time. And at one point I just realized there are some things that needs to be non-negotiable if you want to move forward and, and, you know, transform the things that you want to transform. You yeah. don't do it. And it doesn't have to be so long either. It's not like a big investment. That's the, the beautiful how do you deal with it. it when you have your son? Uh, listen, if I can't do it in the morning for some reason, if he wakes up really early and I didn't yeah. have time to, you know, get up before him, I will do it um, when I get back from school, when I drop him off. I can just take 10 minutes to, to have a, like, quick practice at least. Yeah. Or it will be in the evening, you know, or in the, during the day. I, I just try to squeeze it in somewhere. Squeeze it in somewhere. But when you keep in mind that it is a priority and that you need to have it somewhere during the day, the day um, then then that's fine with me if it's not the same exact same time every day, you know. If it's just, if you can stay a little bit flexible also, it helps. Because if you're too much, you know, too oh, worried about like... I didn't have the time like, to do it this morning, so it's just not going to happen. Exactly. We have so many ways of making, you know, excuses, not totally. doing. And, and, uh, and I mean, that that's a human behavior. So, but again, being aware of that and then deciding kind of, you know, no, I'm going to be above that uh, and, and find my ways to, you know, trick my mind a little bit. Just decide on one thing, you know, and... and I find that that's the hardest part. I mean, yeah. there's so I'll talk to friends and I'll be like, "Oh, I'm stressed," or "Oh, I'm this," and I'm that, and they're like, "Have you been meditating recently?" And then I'll be like, "No, but it's because uh, right. you know my boyfriend. He has he's getting ready for work, and he's and then I have to go to work, and then yeah. we make so many excuses when really, sure. yeah, flexibility is key. Of course, it makes total sense. Of course, it makes life so much easier. Yeah, like yes, I want my routine, but I don't want it to be so freaking rigid. You know? Yeah. So it's kind yeah, of like it's more pleasant. Yeah, it's like anything. It's like if we said every single day I need to eat at a certain time. Oh yeah, it wouldn't. It would be difficult. Yeah. Um, sure. So your specialty mm -hmm. 
or what we talk about your specialty as yeah. in naturopathic in your naturopathic journey yeah. is the skin. Yeah, and you have a here. book coming out. I do. <laughs> um, why skin? Why skin? Several reasons. I mean, uh, first of all, it's always been something that I love. I love taking care of my skin. I think it's like a nice way of taking care of yourself. When you have that moment for yourself, you're like pampering yourself. It's you know, it's nice. Mm-hmm. I, as we said earlier, like the brain is also looking for pleasure. This is pleasure for me. So obviously, you know, I loved it, and and it's it's nice to have that kind of. Um, you know, nice accessory also, I mean, to feel beautiful. I think that everyone wants to feel beautiful in a way or another. Completely. So that was my personal thing from the beginning. Um, And then because I think that clients, uh, you know, in the beginning really started to ask me a lot about it. Um, So it's uh, it's a mutual work, you know, between me, my, my personal interests, clients' needs, uh, and and the beautiful results that we get, it's very motivating and inspiring. Um, I can imagine. So. I mean, when they when people say when people say, the motto "You are what you eat," yeah. you can really see it on your someone's skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For most people, it's what you eat. It what it's actually what you think. It's it's a lot of things. Yeah. That's why I come back to the synergy thing, but it, because it's so important to me. Um, like my speciality after. If I don't talk about skin, I really talk about this kind of intuitive way of living, intuitive naturopathic uh, practice, because um, for all of these different, um, you know, techniques, if we talk about foods, if we talk about stress reliefs, you always have to go back to what is working for me, how is my body reacting? Um, So I'm a lot about like giving people the tools to to get to know themselves better and to take care of themselves better. I mean, I cannot be there and like give them the perfect protocol, uh, right. all levels, like, um, you know, every day you have to do exactly like this. I'm more, I look at it really like some guidance uh, and then it's a mutual, mutual work. Like we have to check in on each other. What is working? How did you react to that? Okay, I can... Uh, I can help you know come up with new solutions if that one's didn't didn't work if your body's not reacting well to that we have to you know adjust all the time all the time because your body's changing changing all the time also um, I remember when I was younger and I went to you know practitioners and I just got these I don't know three months six months protocols with so many supplements to take and it was like these are the rules you know yeah and the more I work with it, I realize how that is just not working and it's not the way I want to work. I don't think, I, I don't see it working well. When you start with something like that, it's not really working because we need to adapt all the time. How do you implicate these practices into your own life? Um, Listen, it's the same thing. It's the, the, the day-to-day uh, adjustment thing. I try to tune in. What do I need today? How do I need to eat? What do I want to eat? Uh, I'm listening to my, you know, signals. Uh, so it, can, it changes really all the time, for sure. And that has been the most transformative thing in my life. I mean, I've gone through all the different kind of 
you know, healthy diets and practices to try it out and see, you know, how my body reacts. And when I start to be super attentive to my body and accept that I could change all the time and not have, you know, those kind of final guidelines, the final rules to follow. Yeah. That's when things shifted for real, you know. So I try to do that. I try to just listen and stay flexible. And uh, like we talked about the other day, you know, people really want to know if you're a vegan, paleo, or what kind of, you yeah. know. And I'm always like saying, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm an intuitive practitioner, you know. And Same. that's it. That's it. So what I explain, of course, I give them like, um, you know, um, a cadre. How do you say that? Uh, um, like in a guideline as, as, as a certain guideline of course but then within that there needs to be space for this uh, tuning in this yeah. like adaptation this personal you know experimentation where of course I will keep guiding them but in the end they have to we have to do this self-trust work this uh, this work on on also self-love that that's part of it like that's so much part of my my practice like if you love yourself better you'll treat yourself better you'll listen better you'll honor your body in, in a wholly you know different ways so it all comes together that's I love talking about synergy because it's just so true to me to work with a synergy you know that's that's what changes everything so I'd like to ask you Claire what is the savoir vivre of Claire. The savoir vivre de Claire. What a question. Um, listen, I uh, I think that it comes down to my practice for sure. So how can I listen to myself better? How can I treat myself better? Uh, because that actually reflects on you know your entire life, uh, what you do, how you feel, if how happy you will feel. Um, it's it's it comes down to that really and and uh, obviously I mean it's it's cheesy because everyone says it but I truly truly believe it like you have to live in a state of love like this is just the when you do that everything becomes so much more fluid and that doesn't mean that you're like oh I love everything and everybody all the time it's just that you go back to a kind of state where you can feel more peace inside and that you you realize that it's like the ultimate truth you know and yeah. and it's it's uh it's what we need that's what nourishes us love for yourself love for what you do love for others like this is the the ultimate motor the the nourishing force the creative energy everything so i try to i mean that's in my morning mantra always you know it's love. basically love and let go. <laughs> yeah, I love those, that. Those, those two things. Um, yeah. We're all just looking to be loved. Exactly. And to, love. and to be able to love. We need that. Yeah, yeah. More than we realize. This is what nourishes us on the most profound level. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to pass on to some rapid fire questions Oof, to learn a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Claire... Do you have a beauty routine in the morning and evening? Can you share it with us if you do? I do. You might have guessed. <laughs> I do. I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, I do have a very, <laughs> like, um, 
not a rigorous one that's not the word but i'd say i never miss it you know I think yeah this again with you know consistency is the key um so yeah in the morning uh i basically wash my face with something very gentle it can be even oil during winter you know if it's cold outside or right now during summer it's um it's a milk um and i put thermal water after to calm my skin then always vitamin C serum, uh, you know, to, to protect with a lot of antioxidants. That's like the, the thing I never miss. Um, protect, unify, you know, it does basically everything. Um, I put on a cream, uh, hydrating cream. I'm uh, moisturizing cream, you say in English, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm in between. We're bilingual here. I'm in Trilingual, between English, uh, French and Swedish, so sometimes it's complicated. Um, yeah, I mean, hydrate, uh, moisturizing, it's like the, the, the thing that you have to do every day, morning and evening, during the day sometimes, it's the thing that changes your skin the most. And people don't moisturize enough. Um, so and this is obviously the thing also that will make your skin age way faster Uh, so always a lot of moisturizing and then never ever go out of your door without a sunscreen you know protection I guess in the morning if you do two things the most important thing is that vitamin C and the the protection sun protection you know I have some things I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> always, we can always improve. It's yes. optimize things in our routine. Um, and then very like light makeup, uh, mineral stuff, um, you know, a powder, uh, something like that, mascara when I go out and um, hydrating lips, moisturizing my lips again, you know, moisture, moisture, moisture. Um, and in the evening, that's when you have to cleanse a lot and never skip that double cleansing ritual. So I start with an oil and then it can be either a milk or a more, you know, gel kind of uh, cleanser. Uh, three times a week, I add also an exfoliant to get okay. rid of dead skin cells. Very important. Uh, but I do it mostly with enzymatic exfoliators or with HAA you know acids is amazing for your skin also to add some of those in I uh, again thermal water to calm the skin right after using water to you know remove the cleanser I will use uh, often a lotion also with lactic acid okay after the thermal water because uh, well it's amazing it does everything it exfoliates uh, gently it will unify, it will hi- help the skin to stay moisturized longer. I, I use mostly the P50 from uh, Biologique Recherche. Um, it's an amazing product, like cult product. And then um, most of the time, a uh, moisturizing serum, or I skip that one and move on directly to a cream, an eye cream. So yeah, that's very my, complete. That's my basic routine. What about doesn't your... take so long. Doesn't take so long? No, it doesn't take so long. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) What about your morning routine in terms of, I know it changes. Yeah. But is there anything that you do every morning? It's meditation, uh, for sure. Uh, It's taking care of my skin, 
you know, I, I do that almost, you know, first thing, just to get the skin plump and moisturized after the night. So I have a tendency to even do that before meditation. Okay. Depends how my skill feels, but anyways. Uh, and I will most of the time have um, a masha after my meditation. Then I will do some movement like yoga or, you know, just some core work or something to move my body. Uh, sometimes I go out running if, you know, during summer. I don't do that during winter, but now it's beautiful outside, so I can do that instead of yoga maybe in the morning when I have time. Um, and then breakfast, you know, after. Okay. I try to really wait with the breakfast. I'm fine with that. Do like a, you know, intermittent fasting kind of thing, uh, which really, really helps me to just feel better. What kind of effects do you have from it, from that? I mean, uh, digestion is just thousand times better. Okay, interesting. And since digestion is the starting point to all of our different, you know, problems and skincare, obviously, I mean, it's directly linked. So uh, when I have a good digestion, when I feel good in my belly and, you know, when microbiota is more balanced, you're more nourished during the day, you have... You don't feel your belly. That's basically the thing. When you don't feel your stomach, I know I'm good. I have energy. <laughs> I'm good. You should never feel like bloated or have gas, you know. I mean, a little, of course. But it's really about those sensations of comfort. Uh, if you have small cramps also, I mean, you know that something's wrong. And uh, also about balancing hormones. It's amazing to balance your hormones. You sleep better it affects so many things in your life actually so uh, you regulate you know, regulate your um, uh, glycemia your your glycemic levels thank you exactly so um, and this is obviously a big thing for most of us today because most people come to me and they want a snack all day long or you know they really have sugar cravings so intermittent fasting is is amazing for that to start regulating that. Um, so yeah, for all of those reasons, I like to do it. Um, and and as you say, it changes. So I, I try not to you know, be so rigid about it. But if I can get in at least that meditation and and, uh, and a matcha, I'm good. You're good to go. <laughs> I'm good to go. Do you have anything at night that you do to calm yourself down, to prepare to go to sleep? Yeah. Uh, I love having baths actually uh, when uh, it's not too often I do that but that's like my ultimate routine that I just love with Epsom salts okay it's really de- detoxing and relaxing for your muscles and um, what I do on a more regular basis though is uh, I drink uh, orange flower water hydrolin uh, in French okay uh, au floral so that is my yeah it calms the nervous system it helps your body to sleep better I love that I give that to my son sometimes also it's really good for kids um, so I just put in like one to three uh, teaspoons of that in, in a glass of water I do that and I try to not look at the social media obviously you know that's that's a big thing but it changes everything you know yeah. when you're not in front of your screen when you don't have that blue light and the stimulus the stimuli um, so I try to read more in the evening or just you know be with my loved ones and not look at screens and that helps a lot yeah no no I think that um, everyone has a different opinion on 
when and when not for social media, but yeah. I'm definitely with you that in the evening, it's not good. I think it's the key moment. Yeah. If you choose one moment where you're not, where you don't want to do that, it's before sleep. I mean, you will have way better sleep if you don't do that. You can listen to sure. a podcast. And you can listen to a wonderful podcast. Exactly. That's a good idea. So thank you yeah. so much for joining us today, Claire. Thank you. And sharing your savoir with us. Thank you. So happy to be here.